This is The Jerry Callahan Show. So let me see if I have this straight. These are the rules in Washington now. You can uh, raid Donald Trump's home. You can go through a Melania Trump's uh, underwear drawer. You can go through uh, Baron Trump's bedroom. You can wiretap. You can spy on Trump's campaign. And now you can look at Donald Trump's Twitter DMs. But you can't ask Joe Biden a question about his money laundering, influence peddling schemes, international influence peddling scheme. You can't ask a question. That's a lousy question. And if you do, the rest of the media will scorn you. Can't be doing that. You can't be asking this crook in the White House about all the evidence, the mountain of evidence that he has sold out the country. But you can look and see who Donald Trump was DMing on Twitter. I'm telling you, this should send a chill up the spine of any decent American. The idea that a special counsel, a special prosecutor can look at all your private messages. Oh, by the way, I got to add this to the list. You can arrest all, all of Donald Trump's lawyers. You can use his communication with his lawyers against him. I don't know. I, I'm no lawyer, but I have watched Law and Order, a lot of Law and Order. My wife loves it. I've read John Grisham books. I always thought it was uh, off limits. You know, the attorney client privilege thing. That's just another one of those norms that goes out the window when it comes to Donald Trump. Because as we know, stopping Donald Trump is the most important thing in the world. It's stopping Hitler, stopping evil. So all the rules, all the norms go out the window. And now you have this creep. Jack Smith petitioning Twitter. This was back in January, by the way, January and February to, uh, to subpoena Trump's DMS. And when Twitter didn't uh, respond quickly enough, they fined Twitter $350,000. They had to pay a fine because they didn't uh, agree quickly enough to hand over Donald Trump's private messages. And by the way, they weren't, al weren't allowed to tell Donald Trump so they could uh, break into his Twitter account, read his direct messages, his private messages, and they couldn't tell Trump. Twitter wanted to tell Trump, and they said no. So they, uh, they fined him $350,000. And the best part, Judge uh, Beryl, what the hell's her name? Beryl Howell. Beryl Howell used... Uh, the, uh, bought the argument from Smith that they had to do this and they couldn't tell Trump because Trump was a flight risk. All right, now we're getting into really silly, ridiculous territory. Donald Trump was a flight risk? You think Donald Trump was going to run away off to, I don't know, Venezuela? Maybe he was going to go to to Hungary or some friendly country. That was the argument. If, if you need to know anything about Jack Smith and just how unethical just how deranged he is. That's Trump's word for him, and it applies. He made the case before a federal judge that Donald Trump was a flight risk, that he was going to leave the country. The guy leading the Republican primary, the guy leading the uh, in the polls over Joe Biden, that guy was going to flee the country because of this latest prosecution. It is the, the, the double standard, God knows, we talk about it every day, has never been more glaring. So you get to do all this. You get to, by the way, they raided Trump's home for the same crime that Joe Biden committed, the same crime that Barack Obama, Mike Pence, and Hillary Clinton committed, uh, uh, possessing um, classified documents. So they raided his home at the crack of dawn 
for nine hours, went through it, threw things on the floor to make it look really bad. They never did that to Joe Biden. They never raided the garage with the Corvette. They never raided the guest house. They wanted to raid the guest house. The IRS did. And they were stopped by the uh, corrupt uh, people in the IRS who were protecting Joe Biden. But I just found this so outrageous that, I mean, you send a DM that essentially is private. You're not, no one else is supposed to see it. It's a private message for you and someone else. And because they're making this case against Trump on January 6th for doing whatever, saying the election was stolen, saying dead people voted, saying illegal aliens voted, you know, those, uh, those things that uh, aren't protected by the First Amendment, you know, you're not allowed to question election. That's, that's not protected by the First Amendment all of a sudden. So they're looking at his private messages, and God knows what they're going to find. I, 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 I was going to say they would never do that to Joe Biden, which they wouldn't. But wouldn't it matter? Joe Biden doesn't even know what a direct message is. Joe Biden doesn't even know how to use Twitter. He has a team of you know, 29-year-old uh, you know, purple-haired uh, grads, brown grads who handle his communications who handle his social media. So there's no DMS there, but with Trump, there probably are. And there's probably some things to his family members, his friends and Jack Smith deranged. Jack Smith is reading them right now. I'm sorry. That's just un-American. The idea that you can read someone's private communication because you want to convict him, send him to prison for, for 600 years, uh, you want, you have already charged him with 75 felonies. This is insane what we're living through right now. And it's totally un-American and the media just doesn't seem to care. As we talked about yesterday, there was a bombshell, the biggest one yet yesterday, a 19 page memo released by the oversight committee about the various crimes of the Biden family. It is devastating. I mean, if you read it, if you see it, if you look at it, you can't help but think we have a crook in the White House. There's no debating that anymore. Unless, of course, you're at the New York Times or the Washington Post or you're Joe Scarborough. Then you just close your eyes, close your ears. You don't you don't pay any attention to it. But uh, and maybe average Americans, they won't hear about it. But if you look at it, if you actually read it, you, there's no <laughs> there's no gray area here anymore. We have a crook in the White House. We have a guy who's committed high crimes and misdemeanors who should be arrested today, by the way. Today. There shouldn't even be any any discussion anymore. He should be impeached today. This is expressly uh, mentioned in the Constitution, bribery, by the way. Uh, although the Washington Post yesterday, their Washington correspondent says, where's the bribery? He ignores all the pay for play, all the influence peddling, all the schemes that Joe Biden was involved in and says, I don't see a bribe. Well, all of this is a bribe. All the money that went to his family, all the, the, the cars, the diamonds, those are all bribes. I mean, he was taking bribes for decades. As far as I can tell, he is the most cor corrupt politician ever to hold office in Washington, not just the White House, in Washington. He used his office to enrich himself and his family for decades, and he did it brazenly. And he did it knowing the media would protect him, knowing because he has a D next to his name, because he challenged the evil orange man, that they would have his back. And this is a good one. Put that the, the, up on the screen. This is a uh, just a, a quick 
paragraph from yesterday's memo released by James Comer about all the schemes. And I guess the only way to do it, to, to cover this, if you're the main, mainstream media, is to not cover it. I mean, you can't mention it because if you do, you, you will, you will make it clear that your guy is a corrupt, a, a crook. There's no other explanation for it. Here it is. In April 2014, Kazakhstani oligarch wired the exact price of a Hunter Biden's sports car to a bank account used by Archer and Hunter Biden. Uh, in February 2014, Hunter Biden met with uh, Kenez Rakashev at a Washington, D.C. hotel. Rakashev worked closely with the prime minister of Kazakhstan. Uh, um, in April, Rakashev wired $142,300 to, Romont, uh, to Rosemont Seneca. The next day, a payment was made from Rosemont Seneca for a sports car for Hunter Biden in the amount of $142,000. Archer and uh, Archer and Hunter Biden then arranged Burisma exec, uh, for Burisma executives to visit Kazakhstan to evaluate a three-way deal among Burisma, a Chinese state-owned company, and the government of Kazakhstan. So they buy him a Fisker, which, by the way, he didn't like. He traded for a Porsche, and then he sets up a meeting between Burisma, uh, the communist Chinese, and the government of Kazakhstan. And you know who met with uh, 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 Rakashev at that Washington D.C. hotel, Joe Biden. <laughs> Again, here's here's where you have not. Here's where you just lose everything, lose your whole case, lose your whole argument. If you're in the mainstream media and your job is to protect the criminals in the Biden family, they cannot explain what Hunter Biden did for the money. They cannot explain what the product was, what the service was. They know he's selling the access to Joe Biden. This is not uh, Hunter Biden's company. This is not Hunter Biden's scheme. This is not Hunter Biden's idea. It is all Joe Biden. Hunter Biden is the bag man. He is the front man. There's no other explanation for it. He was a crackhead who, according to the founder of Burisma, was dumber than a dog. And they're handing him millions. They're buying him cars. They're giving him diamonds for one reason only. They knew it would get them access to Joe Biden. And that was the product. That was the service. And Joe Biden did it willingly. In fact, Joe Biden set these schemes up. We're going to learn more, hopefully, in the coming weeks, months, years. And it's going to be all by design. As I've explained before, Joe Biden had a plan for years. Bo Biden was going to be the... Uh, the clean Biden, you know, the upstanding Biden. Bo Biden was going to go become a senator, maybe president. Hunter Biden was going to be the guy who got down and dirty. He was going to be the bag man, the front man. Bo Biden died, so that part of the uh, plan fell apart. But this part of the plan, they doubled down. Joe Biden sent his crackhead son around the world uh, to collect millions, which would enrich the family, the grand, the kids, the grandkids. It would buy them beachfront mansions and, and, and luxury cars and watches and expensive suits. That's how Joe Biden lived. He was, he, he was a mobster. He is a mobster. That's how he did it. He, he made a fortune and he knew every step of the way that most of the media, 95% of the media would have no interest 
in uncovering these schemes because they were on his side. Uh, let's go to the, uh, the uh, Philip Bump. This is a, the uh, prominent Washington correspondent, covers the White House, covers D.C., uh, you know, very respected among these circles. Here's what he tweeted out after the memo came out from James Comer yesterday. He tweets, three months ago, James Comer alleged that Biden had taken a bribe. Today, he released new information about money paid to Hunter Biden, but nothing to the president, including this bribe. So where is the bribe? That's a mainstream media reporter. His reaction to this devastating memo outlining, by the way, another meeting. We talked about this yesterday at the D.C. restaurant, Cafe Milano, with the corrupt uh, mayor's wife, the mayor of Moscow's wife, Batarina. They have a meeting. Shortly thereafter, she sends $3.5 million to Hunter Biden. She meets with Joe Biden. She sends $3.5 million to the Biden family. How do you get more? How do you get more corrupt than that? The reaction, there it is, the headline in the Washington Post. So where's the bribe, James Comer? That's their reaction to that memo, which was by any definition, absolutely devastating. Backed up, corroborated Devin Archer's testimony that Joe Biden was intricately involved and the brand, the brand was Joe Biden. By the way, I know we talked about this last week, but Dan Goldman, who was in on the uh, the interrogation of uh, Devin Archer, the only Democrat in the room, then came out, went before the cameras and said that Devin Archer said it was an illusion of access to Joe Biden. That was totally made up. Dan Goldman, I know this is going to shake your faith in, uh, in the Democrats in D.C. Dan Goldman flat out lied. Devin Archer never said anything of the sort. Devin Archer said the brand was Joe Biden. That was the product. That's what they sold. They sold the access to the vice president and the vice president. He was a man of his word. If you sent him enough money, he would do your bidding, which he did for Burisma. He got the prosecutor Shokin fired on videotape. (laughs) I mean, the media doesn't even have to do any work here. James Comer and others are doing the job for them, but I guess it is a full-time job to protect someone as corrupt as Joe Biden. And by the way, Joe Biden doesn't want you asking him about this. No, 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 no. You don't get to ask the most corrupt man to ever sit in the Oval Office about his crimes. You don't get to ask him about all the revelations from Devin Archer. Don't I guess he was asked about Devin Archer for the first time. He's never been asked about Tony Bobulinski. He's never been asked about the laptop. He's never been asked about the millions that are poured in, according to this memo. And it's just tip of the iceberg. His family uh, pulled in $20 million from these schemes. The other estimates have it up uh, over $50 million. Before it's done, we're going to find out they made hundreds of millions of dollars. You watch. And what was Joe Biden's reaction? Uh, where's the money? <laughs> where's the money? He's so proud of himself. He got to hide the money. That's the other question I have for Philip Bump and uh, Joe Scarborough and Jake Tapper. What do you think? What are you waiting for? What do you have to see? Does it have to be a check from some corrupt oligarch in Ukraine or Kazakhstan that says, Joseph R. Biden with a little note saying bribe on the, in, on the check. 
Is that what it'll take? Because I'm pretty sure Joe Biden is not a smart man, but he's smart enough to know he couldn't, he couldn't be that brazen. Obviously, they're proud of themselves because they have hid the money, because they have left a really complicated money trail. That's the, why they have 20 shell companies. That's why they used encrypted messages. That's why there were six aliases in emails for Joe Biden. That's why they called him the big guy and not Joe Biden. And yet the media thinks that's a defense. Hey, there's no check here that says bribe. You know, there's nobody here saying uh, flat out that here's, here's the canceled check that I gave Joe Biden. Hell, the Burisma guy, Klochevsky, says he has a tape, two tapes of Joe, 15 of Hunter. What are you going to say if, if those tapes surface? What are you going to say about that, Philip Bump? What are you going to say about that, Joe Scarborough? These people are just shameless, and there will never be a day. There will never be a moment where they say, gee, I guess he's not the guy we thought he was. You know why? Because he is the guy they thought he was. He is. They knew he was crook. They knew he was a liar. They knew everything he said about Hunter's business and how he knew nothing and said nothing. They knew it was all a lie. They don't care. They don't care. They want to defeat, well, they want to defeat all Republicans, but especially the evil orange man. And Joe Biden was the guy who did it. So they owe him forever. And one of the ways they're going to show their gratitude is protect him. Journalism be damned. They don't care about their jobs. They don't care about their reputations. They will protect the crook in the White House. It took Peter Ducey to come back from maternity leave. I think he was off for like six months after he had a baby, which is cool, which is fine. I'm pretty sure his, his wife went to work. She's also a reporter and, uh, and he's back and he's on this trip out West, this ridiculous trip to the Grand Canyon where this doddering old fool was shuffling around talking about climate change. By the way, we missed this one yesterday. He said that they invested $370 billion in a climate change facility. So we got to find out where that is. And, you know, it's a lot of money for one facility. It must be a really nice climate change facility. Nobody knows where it is. No one's ever heard of such a thing. But that's what your president said. And I take him at his word. He also said he declared a state of emergency. Uh, which he did not, and he also touched the breast of the Weather Channel reporter. I was going to say the state of emergency was secondary to the boob grab. Right. <laughs> she's, she's literally like, you did? Yeah, well, sort of. And uh, yeah, you see if you can find that where he says we invested $370 billion in a climate change facility. Going, what? <laughs> what? What is that exactly? And nobody asks. Everyone just accepts the fact that his mind is shot and he's in the throes of dementia and he's going to say stupid things. And they're not really lies. I mean, if you were in a nursing home, like in the chronic ward and the memory ward, and you walk through, people are saying they're rambling incoherently. They're calling you different names. They're talking about things that happened 50 years ago. You don't call them liars. They're just, they're, they're patients. And that's what we have in the White House. He's not necessarily a liar. He doesn't know what he's saying. But this really, this pisses me off more than anything. The, after four years with Donald Trump daily faced the media, sometimes for an hour, hour and a half, and he'd be asked anything. They'd say, well, I don't know if you recall the, that sleazeball from uh, Playboy magazine. I don't think he actually worked for Playboy, but he had a press pass. And he'd go in there and he would yell at 
at, at Trump. And so would all the, you know, Pete Alexander, Jim Acosta would yell at Trump. Why do you lie so much? Why do you hate black people? I mean, they would just have the most hostile questions every single day, which I'm fine with. It was great theater. They got to show their true colors and he got to fight with them. And that's what his base wanted. But then boom, we, we change. We have the, the peaceful transition of power. And immediately these journalists, they put their gonads in a jar and put it on the shelf and they serve as loyal lickspittles to the administration, to the regime. And they don't ask the most obvious questions. This is mind boggling. This question is obvious and it is a good question and appropriate question. We, I mean, there's a thousand good appropriate questions that Joe Biden should be asked and isn't asked and won't be asked because most of the media are just, just loyalists to the crown here. That's what they are. They support the man. They know he's crooked. They know he's corrupt and they don't care. Anyway, Peter Ducey climbs over a, a barrier because somebody in near Biden said, go ahead. He'll give, he'll give you one question, one question. And I assume Biden thought it was going to be about what do you think of climate change or what about all the white supremacists? Or I don't know what he thought he would ask, but Ducey does his job and asks about Devin Archer's testimony that Joe Biden was in on at least 20 conference calls with Hunter Biden's business associates. Again, they're not Hunter Biden business associates. They're Joe Biden's business associates. They wouldn't give Hunter Biden the time of day, let alone a Porsche or a diamond, if he wasn't selling access to his corrupt father, period. We all know it. That's the only explanation. We all know it. And at least Peter Ducey for one, uh, one member of the uh, press corps. And I assume, you know, they're, they're guys from Newsmax, James Rosen, I'm sure would want to ask these questions, but isn't allowed to for some reason, Joe Biden let Peter Ducey ask a question and he regretted it because it was a good question. Let's listen. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business in any way. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. Thank you. Thank you. There he is in his, in all his glory. I mean, he's a snippy, nasty, cranky, mean old man who gets upset that someone asks him an obvious question about his, his dirty dealings with, with his son. Obviously that's an appropriate question. Hell, it's the only appropriate question on this day. Anyone who asked about climate change is a fool or a stooge, which is uh, most of the Washington press corps. But think of that. Think of that. So, Devin Archer testifies that his father was in on uh, that Hunter's father was in all these conference calls. Devin Archer says the brand was Joe Biden was jo- that's what they were selling. And Joe Biden doesn't think anyone should ask him about it. And when they do, he says it's a lousy question. And then he tells another lie. It is all he freaking does. He lies every day, every time he talks. Hell, we'll, we'll get to the, <laughs> we'll get to yesterday's lie, a creepy lie. This one. It's not true. Well, we all know it's true. Well, no, he was in on the conference calls. We know he was in on the dinners. We know he was in on the meetings. We know he was involved. He was the man that they were selling. He is the product. And he says it's not true. So Devin Archer lied. Is that what you're saying? Devin Archer said, you're going to go with that? You're going to go with that Philip Bump? You're going to go with that Joe Scarborough that it wasn't true? 
that Joe Biden was in on these meetings, it wasn't true that he was enriching the whole family. They think that's okay because they can't trace it back to Joe Biden. Right now, in the Washington Post editorial room and the New York Times, they're praying that James Comer hits a, hits a wall, that James Comer can't tie it to Joe Biden because that's the last little straw they're clinging to. There's nothing directly tying it to Joe Biden. Well, yes, there is. He was in the restaurant. He was in the meetings. He, he was on the phone calls. We got the message of him saying that to, to Hunter, I think you're in the clear after a New York Times story. We have Hunter Biden's text message from the laptop saying he gives half his money to pops. <laughs> Ken, if that's a Trump, if that's even a Bush or a, a Romney, that is page one above the fold every day. He gives half his money to pops. Now we know how pops got rich. And Joe Biden's response, where's the money? <laughs> you can't find it, can you? Can't find it. Uh, anyways, this him talking about climate facilities. Yep. Oh, good. Because I really want to know more about this. I didn't know we had these, but go ahead, play it. Are you prepared to declare a national emergency with respect to climate change? I've already done that. We've conserved more land. We've moved in. We've rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. We've passed a $368 billion climate control facility. We're we're, we're moving. It is the existential threat. I want to see this. I want to see this climate control facility. Sounds like high-tech stuff, man. And it's got to be nice. 368. They probably have, like, you know, like really nice elevators and, and air conditioning and, you know, really cool, uh, you know, kitchens and coffee rooms, a $368 billion climate change facility. Yeah. Where do you think it is? It must be out there in the desert somewhere. Or somewhere in, in the New desert Mexico. where there's, where there's no shade and there can be like a solar powered right. uh, heated pool, um, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> they might us have a kicker, kill a killer gym at this facility, but what do you think they do at a climate change? They think they change the climate at a climate change facility. What do they do? They have like scientists there. Maybe this is the place where they're going to send the particles up to block the sun. You have a, you have a half wit dementia riddle president who has a plan, by the way, we haven't talked about this to block the sun, to save the earth. I don't see anything that could go wrong with that. Do you? I mean, just, you know, Joe Biden, the guy who can't ride a bike, is going to block the sun and save the earth. God, it's scary. We live in scary times. I know. And instead I of a, instead of a parking lot at this facility, it's just going to be a plane runway for all their private jets. Right. And they'll, they'll have the parking lot with all the chargers though, for all the Teslas that they're driving to, you know, because you know, they're good people and we're not, but uh, I, we got lots more to get to. I, we have to do this story. I should have done it the other day when it happened, but it's just, it's outrageous. The last of the four cops who were charged in the death of St. George Floyd was sentenced this week. And it is perhaps the most outrageous miscarriage of justice I've ever seen. It's it's just incredible. We have the sound, we have the story. I have to say it's, it's sickening what's happening in this country. We have activist judges, we have juries, in, in cities that are just ignoring the law and, 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 and it's just, it's insane. What's, what's happened to this officer in, uh, in Minneapolis. I want to get, let me do, let me do uh all right, we'll do Mitch McConnell. McGavin. I think I hate him more than I hate any politician. Or I think I, I'm going to put him at the top of the list. Mitch McConnell asked about impeaching Joe Biden. God knows it's, it's, it's warranted. God knows it's appropriate. Mitch McConnell says no deal. I think he's 
a little nervous about them uh, unearthing, uncovering other deals between entrenched politicians in D.C. and foreign adversaries because he and his wife have gotten fabulously wealthy making deals with China. And, uh, but Mitch, you know, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate says he's not comfortable right now with impeachment. I'm not comfortable with Mitch McConnell. I want this old fossil, this dried up old turtle to just go away. Uh, we'll get to that and much more, but first. Excuse me. During these crazy and uncertain times, we can't talk enough about having reliable tools for self-defense for your family and yourself. Florida-based EAA Corp. specializes in providing exceptionally high-quality firearms to the U.S. market at an incredible value since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, revolvers, and shotguns. Whether you're looking for a concealed carry, competition pistol, or home defense shotgun, EAA has it. Their MC-1911 series fits the bill, and they're available in compact carry or full-size configurations. First-time gun owner? Well, the all-in-one 9mm MC-9 and MC-28 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. Concealed carry has recently been approved in several new states during the last year with no permit required. This is because personal defense is a growing issue, and EAA Corp., has your answer. EAA's lineup includes shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every firearm available from EAA. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more. That's eaacorp.com to shop for your personal firearm protection. Oh, what's the, what's this text? Uh, the comment lines have mad at me for talking about my paternity leave. I gave I gave Peter Ducey credit. I mean, he took leave. Uh, his wife went to work, took care of his new baby, came back after, I don't know what it was, six months. And he came back, hit the ground running. And, uh, I mean, it's easy for him because everyone else in the Washington press corps for the most part is a bunch of absolute lap dogs, but, uh, good to have him back. Good to have a doocy moment once again. But, uh, before we get to this Minneapolis story I, and, and I, I want to spend some time on it cause it's just so friggin' outrageous. This, this, this just is, just drives me crazy. This drives me crazy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Mitch, he's, he's got issues like Joe Biden. Mitch is 81 years old and he looks every day of it. His mind is shot. We saw him have a stroke in front of the camera, just freeze up. Something I've ever seen before. Had to be escorted off the stage by uh, other Republican senators. It was pathetic. Uh, I, I, I love the state of Kentucky. They elected Rand Paul and Thomas Massey, then, uh, James Comer, then uh, some good people. But why do they send this old fossil back to Washington? He was asked, by the way, in an interview with the New York Times, which is McConnell's favorite publication, I'm sure, asked about impeachment, which obviously, again, it's, it's warranted at this point. We've seen the high crimes and misdemeanors from this uh, from this president, and he tells the New York Times, I, uh, when asked about impeachment, he says, quote, I said two years ago when we had not one but two impeachments that once we go down this path, it incentivizes the other side to do the same thing. Impeachment ought to be rare, says Mitch McConnell. This is not good for the country. All right, Mitch, um, you were there for the last two years or four years, right? You saw what happened. You saw for what they impeached Donald Trump for, which is nothing. In fact, they impeached him the first time for doing his job, for telling 
Zelensky and the Ukrainians to look into the corruption at Burisma. Now we see why. I mean, of uh, it was more than appropriate. It was his job. He was obligated to tell them to look into it. He knew what the Bidens were up to. That's why they impeached him. It was purely political. It was absurd. Uh, if you recall the whole trial, it was outrageous. Saying he had a phone call with Zelensky saying to look into Joe Biden. They, they, they impeached him because they said that was his political opponent. opponent. Well, so what? If Joe Biden was involved in corruption, you got to look into it. And he would, and, and I hate, hate to break it to you, Philip Bump, but Joe Biden was involved with corruption. We now know, we see it's on tape. He got the prosecutor fired to protect his son's corrupt energy company where his son was making $83,000 a month until Joe Biden left the office of vice president. Then they cut his pay in half. Gee, why would that happen? Anyway, they impeached him that for the first time. Second time, he was essentially out of office. They impeached him for telling January 6th protesters to go to the Capitol and peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. For that, they impeached him again. So Mitch McConnell says they did two political impeachments, stunts, just show trials. We shouldn't do that because it's not good for the country. Well, A, of course you should do it. They, this, they did it. They changed the rules. They lowered the bar. And you're just going to sit there and say, well, you know, they did it, but we're better than them. We're, we, we don't get down dirty like that. Well, well, you should, Mitch McConnell, you absolute disgrace. You pathetic, weak, spineless squish. Just, just go away. Just go away. Not only is it appropriate and fair uh, after what they did to Trump, but Trump aside, this is why you impeach people for taking bribes. This is why you impeach politicians for selling out the country. That's why you do it. You should have, they should be an impeach. They should come back to DC from their summer break today and start impeachment proceedings. Now he won't get convicted in the Senate, but Trump never got convicted in the Senate because the Republicans controlled the Senate, even though they had snakes in there like Mitt Romney, he didn't get convicted. And, and um, McCarthy, I mean, yeah, I assume, you know, uh, uh, Biden wouldn't get convicted, but so what? That's not, that's not how you measure these things. Has he committed high crimes and, and misdemeanors? Has he violated his oath of law? Of course he has. It's the only response. And yet you have this pathetic little worm, uh, 81-year-old dementia-riddled rat, Mitch McConnell, saying, no, it's not good for the country. Yes, it is. It's good for the country because we need to know what kind of crook is in the White House. We need to know how much money he has made selling out the country. It's the only proper response. And yet you have the leader. God, how do you even get to be the leader? The guy's got no charisma. He's just a sellout. He's just a snake. Who, who supports Mitch McConnell? I know not many. I know he has the lowest approval rating of any politician in America and for good reason. But how the hell are we supposed to win these fights when that's one of our leaders, it's just a disgrace. But uh, let me get to this story. I wish I did this a couple of days ago. I saw it and I thought it might blow up into a bigger story, like a national story, which of course, you know, my mistake, it didn't for obvious reasons. Uh, the last of the four cops um, involved in the death of St. George Floyd, uh, Tau. No, Tu Tau, T-O-U-T-H-A-U. 
Uh, obviously, Asian American, grew up in Minneapolis, grew up dirt poor, got abused as a child, became a cop, uh, was there on the scene when uh, Floyd was resisting arrest after doing fentanyl, after passing counterfeit bills, was screaming that he couldn't breathe while sitting in the back of the squad car. They let him out. He resisted arrest. Obviously, we know the rest. He was uh, restrained by three cops. That'd be Derek Chauvin, Alex Kung Kwang, and Thomas Lane. Uh, obviously, Chauvin was the one who put the neck, uh, the knee on the neck, which is how they were taught to restrain people in uh, the police academy. That was part of the evidence presented by uh, Tao and his lawyers in, in his trial. They showed six different videos where officers were trained to restrain uh, violent uh, resistors with the knee on the neck. But hey, you know, there's bigger things at play here. We don't, we're not allowed to talk about all the fentanyl George Floyd ingested that day. You know, he's, he's a martyr. Anyway, just on the merits of the case, Chauvin gets convicted. He gets 22 years. He'll probably spend like probably get murdered in jail. Um, Quang got three and a half years. Thomas Lane got three years. They were holding Floyd down. They got three years, three and a half years. Tao was, uh, on crowd control. If you recall the video, we saw seen it. The crowd was yelling, let him up, leave him alone. Uh, obviously they thought that, uh, Derek Chauvin was too, uh, too extreme here and should have taken the knee off the neck. Obviously that would have been a good idea. Uh, especially after Floyd was essentially handcuffed and restrained, but Chauvin held it there for, as we know, for however, eight minutes, 43 seconds, uh, Floyd died. The whole country changed 2 billion in damages, 2000 injured cops, 25 dead civilians, cities burned, laws changed. Everything changed after this. Uh, that shouldn't be the reason you railroad a guy who was just doing his job. But today, when you look at this, when you hear this, I want you to understand what balls this took. This is real guts on the part of Tao. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain. And, and hat tip to the great Matt Walsh, because he did this and he had all the sound. And I hadn't seen it anywhere else. I saw the story but I hadn't seen all the sound from Tao or this judge who's Jed Cahill, who's just an absolute disgrace, disgrace to America. Tao um, literally just did his job. He restrained, he held the crowd back. The crowd was yelling, you know, and he held them back, which is what he's supposed to do. Uh, I'm, I'm still not sure what they, what the judge wanted him to do. Let the people just, Oh, no, let, let them go and, and, and whatever attack Chauvin and the other cops. And then a brawl breaks out. Is that what he was supposed to do? He, he, he knew, he knew his job. He says, hold that. And when he looked back, he just thought they were restraining Floyd. He didn't think they were killing him. Of course. He didn't think he was dying and he didn't know F Floyd had enough fentanyl in him you know, to kill, kill the whole neighborhood. He didn't know that. He just did what he was supposed to do. What he was trained to do, held back the crowd. For that, for holding back the crowd as Chauvin and the other cops restrained Floyd after Floyd resisted arrest over and over again, the judge gave him almost five years. To put this in perspective, in the same city, as you recall, during the George Floyd riots after this, they burned a police station to the ground. 
the guy who made the Molotov cocktails and uh, was convicted of burning a police station to the ground. His name would be Dylan Shakespeare Robinson. He got four years, four years. Tao, the cop who just tried to control the crowd, got five years. Now you'll say you're thinking, yeah, but it's George Floyd. Of course, you got to have you know, got to martyrs all around. We got to send these guys to prison. We got to destroy their lives and civil rights charges and put them in general population where they can where their lives will be at risk. Um, that that's not why. That is not why. As I mentioned, Kung, who held his legs and you know held help uh, Chauvin restrain Floyd, got three and a half years. Lane got three years. This guy got two more years than those cops. And all he did was stand there to try to control the crowd. You know why? I will tell you why. Because he wouldn't bow down before this radical left-wing judge. He wouldn't pay homage to St. George Floyd. He wouldn't uh, accept uh, responsibility for his actions because he stuck to his guns and said, I just did my job because that's what he did. He just did his job. And as we know, this is what the mob wants. And Cahill, this judge, this disgrace to the bench, thats he's part of the mob. He's one of these race-obsessed guys. That he, 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 there's a speech out there that he made saying that every sentence, every crime involves you know, racial discrimination. All he cares about is race, race, race. He's one of those types. He's typical old, white, liberal, radical judge who's legislating <laughs> an activist judge and he wanted Tao to bow down to take a knee to beg for forgiveness to, to to talk about racial justice and everything else taking a knee is what got them in this mess in the first place <laughs> but if Tao right here in fact he does take a knee because he prays he has a 20 minute statement to make and he reads the bible and he talks about Jesus and God, and this pisses off the judge. The judge wants him to beg for mercy and talk about what a great sin he committed against you know, America. We talk about racial oppression. This was a guy, an Asian guy, grew up dirt poor, got abused by his father as a kid, made it, became a Minneapolis police officer, became somebody, and now he's going to prison for five years. Oh, by the way, same day or the next day, Henry Rudd, the former uh, Oakland uh, Raider, L.A. Raider, what a uh, Vegas Raider, who killed someone driving drunk, got three years, three years. I mean, every day in cities today in, with Soros prosecutors, people are getting away with literally murder, rape, robbery. This guy said, oh, no, crowd, stay back, crowd, hold on. And he gets five years hard time, and it's going to be hard time. But he got it. Not, I, I'm, I'm convinced. He's already served 300 and something days. He would have walked out of court if he said, I, I, you know, I feel so bad about racial oppression and white supremacy and everything else. I'm a tool of white supremacy. I, I, I miss George Floyd every day. He was a wonderful person, a wonderful father. He would have walked out of court. Instead, he pissed off the judge by reading from the Bible and not accepting responsibility for committing a crime because he didn't. He stuck to his guns. He maintains his innocence. And now he goes away for five years. Let's listen to some of uh, Tu Tao in court as he's about to be sentenced to 57 months for nothing. Go ahead. So scripture tells us that it is not good to go against your conscience. And despite what this court has ruled, 
And no, we cannot hide our thoughts or intent from God. For we must give an account on the day we appear before God. Therefore, I must obey. We hold on to the truth that I did not commit these crimes. My conscience is clear. Conscience is clear. My conscience is clear. This is after reading a bunch of Bible verses about people that stuck, you know, on principle, stood on principle like he did and didn't agree that he committed. What was he supposed to confess to? You know, yeah, I should have let the crowd through and they, they would have tackled Chauvin and, and Chauvin would have, and then Floyd would have lived. And then what Chauvin would have pulled out his gun. I mean, I, I understand it's tragic that for all involved that George Floyd who took a lot of fentanyl and then resisted arrest and passed the counterfeit bill and got restrained and died. That's tragic. That's awful. It was awful for the country, but no one ever answers this question. What was this guy supposed to do? I'll say, Chauvin could have taken his knee off the neck or off the shoulder. Maybe we'd all be living happily ever after if that happened. But what was he supposed He was supposed to let the crowd through and they would have done what? Literally, I mean, Chauvin looked like he was just going to say, okay, you got me. You know, yeah, I, I went too far. Chauvin would have <laughs> taken a state and thrown them to the ground or restrained them. I mean, the idea that this guy was supposed to save George Floyd is so absurd, but that's what you get from these crazy courts, these crazy left-wing activist judges who think somehow that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the good guys. They're the good guys by sending this poor bastard away for five freaking years. Let's listen to Judge Cahill, this, this absolute radical, this disgrace to, to the country, uh, scold Tao because he would not lie and say he committed a violent crime. Go ahead. Anything I can pray for? You'll know where to find me. Anyone else that uh, would like prayers, uh, you'll know where to find me. Thank you, Judge. God bless you. Be perfectly honest, after three years of reflection, I was hoping for a little more remorse, regret, acknowledgement of some responsibility. Unless preaching, you I'm not, and I'm not going to uh, rehash all the facts from my order, which I found that the things you did and the things you didn't do make you guilty of this crime. I'm not going to rehash all that. Suffice it to say that I think your culpability is less than Mr. Chauvin, but well above Mr. King, and Mr. Lane as an experienced senior officer who was in the best position to save George Floyd. Accordingly, it's my belief that a sentence at the top of the range would be condign punishment. So as to count two, having been found guilty by the court of aiding and abetting manslaughter in the second degree, after a trial pursuant to Minnesota Rule of Criminal Procedure 26.01, subdivision three, judgment of the court is that you are convicted of that offense. Count one is dismissed pursuant to the negotiation. You are sentenced to 57 months in prison with credit for 340 days already served. That's insane. Oh, that's just outrageous. And of course, nothing. I haven't seen this even on cable news looking to fill 24 hours a day. I've seen nothing about this outrageous, this, 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 this insane sentence. 
he said he's more responsible than officers King and Lane, who were part, who were restraining Floyd, who had their hands on Floyd. He had his back to Floyd, and he was trying to control the crowd, which was all riled up. For uh, we understand why in retrospect, but he doesn't explain what what Ta was supposed to do. And by the way, he says I was expecting more remorse. Well, he I doesn't was, have remorse. I he was going to say as soon, wrong. No, as soon as you see a judge go, you know, I was really hoping yeah. you weren't going to be so preachy. I'd be like, <laughs> I want someone else sentencing my life right now. Preachy. He, he's called him preachy. He read from the Bible. He's a devout Christian and in good conscience, he can't confess no. or express remorse for a crime he didn't commit. That guy. I mean, that's a man right there. Tao is a man standing on principle, Beef knowing. Cake. It's going to mean an extra two or three years of his life in prison. And he wouldn't lie before the court. The court. He wouldn't prostrate himself before the court and say, you got me. I confess. And, it's, and, it's, you know, and being in jail going, what are you in for? Uh, I uh, helped in the murder of George Floyd. That's not going to do you any favors. <laughs> no, he's in trouble. I mean, he's already spent a year in jail. And they're convicted on civil rights charges, too, which is just crazy. I mean, well, civil. so the guy, just this guy. At his back to Floyd, restraining the crowd. He's an Asian American, obviously. The cop, one of the cops yeah, was his, Asian. He had his hands up uh, and, with his and, back. Right, he's holding people back. He's yeah. you know, frantically trying to make sure it doesn't turn into a riot. And he violated the civil rights. Uh, he didn't touch George Floyd. And he's got to do five years in prison. And you're right, among people who hate him and blame him for the death of George Floyd, that's not easy. And yet he stuck to his guns. He stood on principle. He, he, he cited the Bible and he said, I cannot confess to a crime I didn't commit. That is a great example right there. That is a man to Tao. That is a man. He's going away. His life is destroyed and he's going to sit in a cell with his Bible for the next, what it'll be at least three years, uh, four years. He's already served almost a year. Um, and uh, he wouldn't give in. He wouldn't submit. He wouldn't, uh, uh, he wouldn't sell out good for him. That is a man right there. And uh, by the way, that's more time than the DA, the prosecutor was asking for. The judge gave him more time than the prosecutor was asking for because that judge is a radical nut job sitting there, a radical left-wing activist on the bench who thinks somehow, who, who thinks that this guy committed, you know, crimes against, against racial justice. Disgusting. But all right. Well, I'm glad we did it because no one is covering the story except as again, Matt Walsh. And I've seen it a few places on social media, but why not? Why aren't, why aren't people, why aren't, why aren't people covering this? I mean, God knows we covered George Floyd. I mean, not honestly, we didn't usually didn't mention all that fentanyl in his system. Didn't mention that he robbed a pregnant woman, held a gun to her stomach. Didn't mention that he had a bunch of kids he never saw, that he lived in the same city as one of his kids. And when he died, his kids said he hadn't seen him in 20 years. You know, that guy, that guy who's a, got murals and statues all over the place. We don't get to tell the truth about that guy. And we sure don't get to to tell the truth about Tu Tao, who's going to be rotten in a prison for five years for doing nothing because some judge didn't uh, like his confession. All right, let me do uh, Shay, and then we'll wrap this sucker up. Uh, 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 excuse me. 
As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. I think that was a, uh, that excuse me thing is from a uh, uh, climate facility, possibly. Yeah, did we get to the bottom of that, Ironhead? Where's the climate facility? I want to tour it, the climate facility. You know what's amazing? Joe Biden has this prathetic performance, I mean, just embarrassing interview on Weather Channel, and he's the president. And nobody even cares. It's just like, yeah, just more, just, just more inane, incoherent rantings from the, met, from the dementia patient. Nobody ever says, hey, wait, did you really declare a national emergency? Oh, you didn't, so you lied. Oh, wait, where's the new $368 billion climate facility? Oh, it doesn't exist, but the president said it did. There's none of that. You just accept what he says for the gibberish that it is and you move on. But all right, let's do this. This is a good way to wrap this up. He can't help himself. As I've mentioned many times, he can't help himself from touching, touching women, touching girls, sniffing their hair. And he can't help himself from telling the same lie over and over again. By the way, we don't have time for this, but he, he sees some guy, big guy in the crowd is a football player. You know, he's, he says, wow, I was a flanker. Joe Biden says, I'm just glad you weren't across from me at a, as a tight end. <laughs> I mean, flanker is an outdated reference, but a flanker is like a wideout. It's, you know, it's like a slot receiver. It's a receiver. And he thinks he's glad the guy wasn't like across from him playing tight end. He doesn't even know what position he played. Doesn't even know the positions. But anyway, that's just dumb. That's just, just dumb. Biden. This is dishonest Biden, creepy Biden, all in one lying yet again about the deficit. Let's watch and listen. This is him yesterday in New Mexico. That shit made more than $400,000 a year. Your federal taxes aren't going to go up a single penny. Guess what? I did all this without raising anybody's taxes on middle class. And one other little thing. During this process, I cut the federal budget in two years by $1.7 trillion. No, you didn't. So they cheer. Everybody knows he's lying. It's been fact checked a thousand times. Even the Washington Post is house organ. Even they've checked it. And <laughs> it's a totally made up lie. And he just says it over and over again. So is the part about not raising the taxes. And, he, and I got the deficit by $1.7 billion trillion. By the way, you know, it's not presidential. It's, I don't know. This just probably annoys me. Guess what? Guess what? That's something a kid says, you know, that's something a child says. I mean, guess what? Guess what? You're 80 years old. You're the president. You don't say, guess what? Guess what? 
I, he's just he's just so disgraceful. But hey, he's uh, tied in the polls. <laughs> he's going to get reelected. You know what? Maybe we should root for it. Just because you imagine the entertainment value of a 83, 84, 85, 86 year old Joe Biden, completely corrupt, completely exposed, rambling, bumbling, stumbling around every day. It'd be good for laughs, but uh, not good for the country. But anyway, that will do it for today. I'm out. I'm going to go check out the climate change facility. I mean, I want to see it. I, this, it sounds like a fascinating place. Maybe there's a museum. Maybe there's a gift shop. That kind of money should have everything. Go to the climate change gift shop. Can't wait. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Kelly. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.